Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Grad Cracker webinar where we are delighted to be joined by INEOS. INEOS is a global manufacturer of petrochemicals, specialty chemicals and oil products, as well as encompassing consumer brands and sports interests. INEOS has been working with Grad Cracker for nine years and today we're going to be hearing from a range of graduates about their experience with the company so far, as well as hearing from Caroline and the HR team about their recruitment process, who they are as a company and some of their key initiatives. Right now, INEOS are recruiting for their commercial graduate scheme and their engineering vacancies will be also be going live very soon. On their company hub, you can get and a fantastic insight into their roles and their So make sure you head there after this webinar to apply, follow and find out even more about them. Firstly, let's meet Caroline. So Caroline, could you give us an overview of your role at INEOS? Yeah. Of course, Sophie. Um, thanks for having us, first of all, and giving us the opportunity to talk to you all about INEOS, um, but also to hear from some of our graduates as well. So thank you. Um, so I've been with INEOS, Sophie, for coming up to four years, and it's absolutely flown by if that gives you a flavour. <laughs> I'd like to work for INEOS. Um, so with my team, we are responsible for recruiting graduates onto the European Commercial Programme. Mm -hmm. um, and also have the opportunity to meet all of the graduates globally because we uh, run the corporate events, which I'll talk to you a little bit more about later on. Lovely. Fantastic. Well, that sounds really exciting. So anybody that's applying to INEOS and goes through the recruitment process will end up talking to you at some point then, Caroline. They will indeed, yeah. Excellent. Um, so could you give us an overview about, I know I gave a really brief intro, but can you tell us a bit more about what INEOS actually does? Yeah, I mean, Sophie, I think it was a very good intro, actually. Um, <laughs> You know, trying to summarise INEOS, we are um, probably the biggest company a lot of people um, have never heard of, and particularly mm -hmm. when we're going around career fairs, it's quite remarkable, particularly within the engineering field, actually, how many people haven't yet heard of INEOS. Um, so we are a global petrochemical manufacturer. Um, we employ over 26,000 people, and it's growing all the time, mm -hmm. and operates across 29 countries um, of just under 200 sites and we generate about 65 billion dollars annually it's a huge organization mm -hmm. um we produce chemicals that will impact all of us on our day-to-day -day lives into various industries so medical industry energy um and from the energy perspective um we have a long-term investment plan in the future of europe's hydrogen sector so really really varied in terms of what we do Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, uh, Sophie, earlier, we don't just look at chemicals. Um, we like to see ourselves as not a typical chem uh, chemical company. We do things yeah. a little bit differently. Um, so complementing the core of the business, we, um, are, we have a great interest in sport, which a lot of people now are starting to hear about us mm -hmm. from uh, Formula One, from the cycling team, the Grenadiers, um, and we own two football teams as well. So quite different to the day-to-day. -day. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are also launching a car called the Grenadier, and the first one was off the production line this this week, actually. Oh, how exciting. Um, I know, I know. And, <laughs> you know, top it up as well, we've got one of um, our more, uh, I guess, commercial um, consumer-facing businesses called Ineos Hygienics, mm -hmm. uh, which was, uh, during COVID times, producing hand sanitizer, gave it to the NHS, and, and now we um, are selling it to members of the public. So mm -hmm. huge company um, and always lots and lots going on, Sophie. Yeah, no, fantastic. Thank you so much, Caroline. Like you said, it's very difficult to summarise INEOS in <laughs> a couple of sentences or a couple of minutes. Um, and I found it so fascinating working with INEOS for the last nine years and seeing the expansion into all those different areas, you know, the, the F1 and everything and the hygienics. It's kind of all happened in the last, last in a very recent history, hasn't it, for INEOS? So, um, yeah, it's exciting to see everything that's going to come as well. Um, so in terms of for graduates, then what what different opportunities do you offer for for graduates looking to join the business? So we have um, two schemes, Sophie. So we have an engineering program and we also have a commercial program. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got graduates on both these programs actually um, on the call today so they can talk you through those in a little bit more detail. Yeah. Um, I mean, would you like me to give a high level now in terms of the two schemes? Um, very briefly, yeah, just kind of the key differences, because um, I know obviously for the commercial, you have commercial and engineering, but really you're looking for STEM graduates for both of those. Um, so if you could just explain a little bit about the differences, that would be fabulous. 
Yeah, of course. Um, so I'll start with the engineering program. So um, they are recruiting globally. We, um, I guess, just facing on the UK, we've got Jensen on the call, who's one of our engineering graduates based in Grangemouth. Mm -hmm. And we also have a site in Runcorn where we recruit engineering graduates into. It's yep. typically a four to five year program um, with chartership provided as well. Um, and the intention is to give an opportunity to really kind of get a great understanding of Ineos, the business, but also the assets as well. So the intention is we move around where we can. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the engineering program. We also have the commercial program, Sophie, which is live on the Greg Cracker website currently. Mm -hmm. And that is, as you say, we generally do recruit STEM subjects. So mm -hmm. primarily engineers, lots of chemical engineers. Yeah. Um, but we really look for people that are very numerate as well. Um, yeah. So people will be given an opportunity to um, spend time in three different businesses, three different countries. And we're looking for people that are, see that as a great opportunity, very mobile. And they rotate every two years um, yep. into very different commercial functions, very different jobs as well. So you'll generally do quite an operational role, then maybe more of an analytical role, yep. um, really just to get you a good understanding of Ineos and a few of the businesses as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And we're going to hear from Camilla, Yuri and Sam about their experiences on the commercial scheme um, today and some of those rotations that you've mentioned. Um, so thank you for that overview. So I know the INEOS graduate scheme, when you say it's four or five years or, or you know, five years long, what makes it the INEOS scheme different? Because it is really, really in depth and very different to anything else that we might see advertised on Gradcracker. Yeah. What I would say, and um, I'm sure all of the graduates on the call will be able to give you a view as well, we don't have a massive big corporate function or structure. Mm -hmm. And with that, we are very agile. We, we make decisions very, very quickly and we really do just get things done being a privately owned company as well. So I would say um, kind of the numbers you hear of the turnover and the employees that work for us, it sounds all very big, um, mm -hmm. but it, it, you know, it is very flat. Mm -hmm. um, with that, our graduates are making big decisions um, and having quite significant impact on a day-to-day -day basis from day one so our graduates yeah. are put into real jobs from day one we don't have extra headcount with jobs we make up for graduates they are put into real jobs immediately mm -hmm. so we're looking for people that see that as a great opportunity yeah. um one of our values which I think is quite unusual but you just see it throughout the organization is humor we like to enjoy ourselves as well we work very 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 hard but we work with very nice people I would say um, and yeah. can talk you through the Namibia challenge which I really do not think any other graduate program offers that as an opportunity no, so I won't definitely spoil not. Moment, <laughs> quite it's very very different yeah Fantastic. And it's, it's not just the program itself that's different. I mean, the, the, the whole recruitment process and some of the things that we're going to hear about throughout this webinar just really does make INEOS stand out as an employer. And, we, you know, we're going to hear about some of that and come back to, to you towards the end, Caroline, to talk a bit more about the personalised approach that, that you take to recruitment throughout for the, for the graduates as well. So thank you so much for that intro. Um, we're going to head out and, and, and meet the, the rest of our panel today. So let's start by just kind of going around and asking everybody, um, what did you study and when did you join INEOS? So starting with you, Yuri. Yuri, are you there? You're on mute, Doug. You're on mute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. No, no, I was still on mute. Yeah. That might be my fault. I'm 24. That might be my fault. Apologize. Yeah, yeah, I pressed unmute and then someone muted me again. It's fine. I'm used to it. Yeah, it's a bit of a delay, I think. But I'm. Yeah. No, I'm 24. I came from the Netherlands. I studied in the Netherlands in Breda and I studied international logistics engineering. And I started at INEAS six weeks ago, six and a half weeks ago. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Yuri. Um, moving on to you, Sam, can you let us know Brilliant. what you, you studied and where you went to when to join um, INEOS and what you studied? Sure. Um, so I studied chemistry back at the University of Nottingham. I started in INEOS in April 2019, where I began my first placement with Styrolution, so a polystyrene business based out in Frankfurt. So it's nice to start my first rotation in Germany. Yeah. 
um, and now my second rotation started in September 2021 and that is now in our PVC business Innovin uh, and that's based in London doing a totally different role where I'm now um, product manager whereas previously I was doing uh, global strategy and sustainability. Brilliant. Thank you, Sam. We are going to come back to you, find out about more about the sustainability element a little bit later on in the webinar. And I know Jess is going to talk to you about your kind of current current role um, um, in a few moments. So um, coming over to you, Camilla, can you let us know what you studied and when you joined INEOS? Yeah, so uh, I'm German, so studied in Germany, uh, in Bavaria, in the north of Munich. Uh, I have a bachelor and a master in international business administration, so not the typical STEM background from my side, uh, but I have majors in uh, supply chain and production management as well as procurement, so that is why the commercial scheme was a great fit for me. And I started in 2018, so it's already been over four years, um, in one of the German businesses in the north of Cologne. And now you're based in London, aren't you, Camilla? No, I'm in London. In that's right. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And then finally, Jensen, can you um, let us know what you studied and when you joined Ineos? Yeah, so um, I'm a little bit different. Whereas um, I actually joined Ineos in 2012 uh, through a program, then she was the future. Um, so Ineos actually sponsored me through my um, university uh, period at Heriot Watt University to gain my masters and electronic and electrical engineering so i've actually been there for 10 years now fantastic and we're going to hear all about your journey as well in a few yeah. minutes um but yeah i'm going to pass over to jess and she's going to find out a little bit more from all of our graduates Perfect. So, Yuri, I'm going to come to you first. So don't mute yourself just yet. I'll ask you the question because <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably just hear me re repeat myself. So I'll come to you first. So if you could just tell us a bit about your current role at INEOS, um, what's the kind of day-to-day -day like? And if you could tell us a bit about the business that you work for at the moment. So coming to you first, Yuri. It seems so there's a bit of a lag. <laughs> Real lag. It takes about a good 10 seconds before I get, yeah, it takes about a good 10 <laughs> seconds before I hear it. So give me, give me some slack when I answer late. But no, I, I now work in Runcorn, which is pretty close to Liverpool. And I work as a business intelligence analyst uh, for Innovin. So I work for the same uh, kind of part of Innovin or Ineos as Sam does. So they're a chlor alkali producer making, for example, PVC, which is then used in a whole bunch of applications from uh, construction, window profiling, cables, pipes, basically nearly everything. Um, and my day-to-day -day is, well, at the moment I, I work on quite a strategic level. So I'm now, I'm basically preparing information packs regarding future uh, mergers and acquisition opportunities in Southeast Asia. That's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm, I, do I dare ask a question? <laughs> Brilliant, that's good, Yuri. Do I, do I dare ask a question? <laughs> it, it, it takes it's a while. Brilliant. It takes, good, it, it takes a while. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, um, we'll move on to uh, Sam next. So, Sam, uh, same kind of question, if that's okay. Um, if you could just tell us a bit about um, your current role and um, the business that you work for at the moment. So, as Yuri said, I'm with Innovin. I'm based in London, uh, so same company, but we have bases in different places. Mm -hmm. um, and my role is a product manager, so it's more on the commercial side of things. And yeah. what I'm doing is I'm buying and selling intermediate material uh, to help us produce PVC. So when we have too much in our system or we don't want to produce as much PVC, we have these spare intermediates and I'll go out to the market and speak to traders or other suppliers and try and sell that material. Um, and when we want to produce more PVC, when um, the market's looking good and people are demanding more, I go out to um, traders and suppliers and say, do you have any spare material? Can I buy 5,000 tons from your plant in Asia? Or do you have any spare stuff in the US that we can ship over? So um, it's quite an interesting role. I, I enjoy it. And there's good cross-functional kind of collaboration, always speaking to the shipping team, yeah. the, uh, the planners, the, uh, the people on the site to make sure they have the space in their tanks to receive the material. Um, the PVC team to work out what pricing we need to to settle up. So it's a, a really enjoyable role and a, a big learning curve from my previous role, but yeah. really enjoying it. 
So, Sam, a couple of questions there. PVC, what does that actually officially stand for, PVC? As it's polyvinyl chloride. thought so. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said it arrives in tanks, is it like a liquid format that you would then receive it in? Uh, the intermediates, yeah, one of them, ethylene dichloride, that's a, a liquid and that gets shipped on vessels and is easier to ship around. Okay. And there's also VCM is the next step, vinyl chloride monomer. So okay. that's a, the precursor to PVC. Uh, and that's actually a gas, which is quite horrible and toxic. Right. But at the same time, we can ship that around safely in specially designed vessels. Mm -hmm. But there's less of them in the world, so it's a little bit more difficult to move that around. So we tend to do ethylene dichloride. So when you um, identify that, okay, you, you know that there's a need for it and you've all, you found someone that's got what you need, do you then also manage the logistics of, of getting it where it needs to go or is that hand, it passed to a different team, Sam? So it tends to be passed to a different team, the logistics. So we can buy it and the trader will provide the vessel and it will arrive at our site and we don't have to worry about any of the boats mm -hmm. or the shipping. Whereas we have an in-house shipping team that I'll collaborate with and say, um, there's a parcel that we could pick up from North America. They mm -hmm. want to load between these dates. Can you find a vessel in the uh, in the Gulf Coast that can sail to Europe okay. um, in, these, in this time frame? Yeah. I can imagine there's numerous pressures there. You know, from you've got you know trying to organise you know you know the team, an external team, and then external pressures on top of that. I can imagine it's quite demanding. Sam, is you know, do you feel that that you know you get quite a bit of pressure and do you get a lot of support? How does that kind of work? Yeah, there's a. It can get pretty tense at times. I yeah. Mean, if, if a boat is delayed or you don't have enough material, that would lead to you shutting down your plant. And if you had to do that. Um, for every day you're shut down, it's millions and millions of pounds that you're going to be losing. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on that side, but there's good support there. The planning team work very closely with you to to try and spot any of these pinch points where you might be running out of material. Yeah. Um, and then you have you maintain all your relationships in the market to try and make sure you're you're agile when you need to be, and you can speak mm -hmm. to people in in Europe, other producers in Europe, and if you have good relationships maybe you can come to an agreement and they can help and it's a shorter sale time and you can uh, solve the problem. So a lot yeah. of it is problem solving. Um, yeah. And I, I quite enjoy the, uh, the kind of high pace of it when it's, uh, it's getting a bit, yeah. a bit risky, but we, we yeah. always try to minimize the risk. Um, yeah. And then there's sometimes uh, if things are slowing down a bit where it's a little bit quieter and you can focus on the more strategic longer term mm -hmm. project work. That's quite exciting, I guess. Like you said, I bet it's in such some situation you're generating general. What's the word? Adrenaline. That's the word I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's pumping. You know, you've got to get, you know, got to get get stuff delivered on time. So I can imagine that's really quite exciting. Um, mm. so thanks, Sam. Um, so next I'm going to come to Camilla. So same question. If you could just tell us a bit more about your current role and the businesses as well that you work for. Yeah, no problem. So I joined uh, recently, just three weeks ago, INEOS Energy Trading, uh, mm -hmm. which is a very new business of INEOS. It was just created in, in the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. um, and it's obviously more of a um, um, utility business rather than a chemical producing business. So that's mm -hmm. very different from what I did before. Mm -hmm. And the core activity of the business is pretty much to market and trade um, most of the uh, natural gas production that INEOS has in the North Sea, but also trading uh, and supplying energy uh, to our own sites across Europe. Uh, so whether it's uh, liquid natural gas or um, power uh, and all sorts uh, yeah, of energy um, material, um, but also trading to make opportunities of market situations. Um, and I've joined in the business development team. So my uh, my, my, my job description is contracts negotiator. So I will be negotiating um, infrastructure contracts uh, for European trading. So you kind of need a, a, a construct of, of, of contract work um, in place with different counterparties for the actual traders who then look at the market and buy every day or sell every day uh, to be able to do that with each counterparty. So it's more the, the strategic, let's say, trading infrastructure job but also being involved in different projects um, for the energy future of INEOS. So looking into, into bio natural gas, into bringing uh, liquefied natural gas from the US to Europe uh, in order to secure our, our supply position uh, 
and make the most of the current markets, which are extremely interesting and and uh, evolving. Absolutely. So Camilla, it's, it's quite an exciting time. And I keep saying this to a lot of graduates, you know, when I'm, I'm speaking to them and, you know, they're considering the different industries, you know, you, again, you a lot of industries now are at kind of the forefront of change, aren't they now? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of change is coming. Um, so it must be really quite exciting for you to start to think about the future. And, and I know Jensen, you're going to talk about this a little bit, uh, maybe a little, little bit later on, but to say, you know, you've got pressure on, to, you know, to be carbon neutral and things like this. And what's kind of the, that, kind of pressure like for you and you know are you excited about where Ineos is taking it? Yeah I mean I was really happy to 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 come to London to the strategic headquarter into a quite new business but that is also expanding like um, a year ago the team was only 10 people and now we are 40 and still recruiting yeah. so lots and lots of functionalities coming on lots of different projects you actually um uh, take the time and the capacity uh, on to to bring all these uh, to to, to um, talk about and think about all these uh, changes yeah. and uh, make the most of it uh, for us as a business because I think the worst you can do at the moment is being late on something. Mm-hmm. So um, and since, as Caroline said, we're quite flat in structure and um, quite rather about doing than talking about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, things get moving really quickly, and that is uh, yeah very exciting. Yeah, that's good. It, you could, it, see, it very much feels like from the times I've spoken to Ineos and, and the webinars like this, you're very proactive rather than reactive. I remember mm. when, you know, season that that's yeah. yeah. That's I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, it's impressive. Um, so, Jensen, I'll come to you. Same question again, if that's okay. A bit about your role, what life has been like for you in the, in the area of the business you work in. Yeah, so um, I am now in the position of instrument electrical asset engineer. Um, so basically, we need to maintain all of the um, electrical and instrumentation um, equipment throughout the power station and utilities asset within the Grangemouth site. Mm-hmm. Um, so day to day thing that's quite interesting because it's it's quite a historic asset. It's about fifty to sixty years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that brings a lot of sort of firefighting and things like that, and reacting to to failures and problem solving. Um, so that's been very very uh, sort of exciting as well. Sort of from day one, um, given that sort of responsibility. Um, to go on and and own that um, is great. Also knowing that there is also the um, funding and investment for for a new energy project which is also um sort currently taking place as well so mm-hmm. um knowing that that's coming in the future as well keeps it going and and, and it will be a different challenge um to having a nice shiny new plant rather than one uh, <laughs> that's a lot older and it causes its own problems so no it's it's really good um sort of day-to-day issues with creating procedures um calibration uh, checks and things like that for the guys to follow um but also getting that sort of hands-on involvement where um if there is a failure and, and things like that we can we we go down onto site as well and get get a bit more um hands-on with the guys to get that that understanding um mm-hmm. so um that can just vary sort of with every day as it comes and stuff like that uh working towards different standards um getting responsibility such as uh, look after a lot of the hazardous area checks so need to be um as a responsible person now actually for the area so um yeah like I say a lot of responsibility but um great for sort of moving towards your chartership and things like that as well mm. and just becoming a sort of better rounded engineer um yeah. as a whole so yeah really good I'm glad you dropped sorry um just as you were talking, I was just thinking that quite quite a lot of our audience might not understand actually what what happens at Grangemouth as a site. Can you give us an, the audience an overview of what of what happens there? Yeah, so um, I work in the power station and utilities area. So we um, generate electricity and we can feed that back into the grid as well. Um, mm-hmm. Power station uh, utilities area also um, creates steam and cooling water for uh, the different assets on site as well. So um, the ethylene cracker, KG, uh, is probably what we're best known known for mm-hmm. um, to create, create that product there. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, a few different areas that, that an engineer yes, could get involved in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's different assets there as well. It's got mm-hmm. polymers asset, um, which ties in with um, a couple of other guys here through polymers mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. industry as well. 
and then um, hydrocarbons uh, jetties area. Um, we've just invested in a new ethane tank as well within mm-hmm. the last couple of years, um, sort of um, moving towards that sort of thing. So a lot of investment uh, recently and uh, doesn't seem to be slowing down either. So um, nah, it's Great. good to know. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, really good. Denton, you touched upon chartership there, and just with you, Jim, or the engineering side of things, it'd be quite interesting for you just to elaborate on that slightly in terms of how are INEOS helping you to become chartered? Yeah, no problem. So, um, from when we started the graduate programme, you get um, given a buddy. Uh, so, it's a buddy system who that's probably a, a, a similar disciplined engineer um, who's now been on site for um, a number of years. Um, to help you as a sort of contact in case you've got any questions that maybe you're not um, as comfortable putting towards um, other people that you work with. So there's always that person that you can sort of lean on for a little bit more of advice. Um, um, there's also a, um, instrument electrical, uh, that, so the IET sort of um, accredited scheme that any of us have got as well. Um, I know that that's from speaking from uh, personal um, experience. I know that it's accredited and I would presume that there's also a mechanical and a chemical one as well that'll, that'll have uh, similar routines. So um, I'm actually the chair for that from the graduate's point of view. So we have um, meetings every quarter with all of the IE grads, um, basically catch up and speak about any recent experience that we've had on site, what we've been working on, any interest in training courses that we've been on or are coming up um, and, and with, with the programme there's also a sort of set um, competency matrix that you get given from NAOS which has got sort of um, training courses and experience and things like that that you that you can enrol on and uh, NAOS put you through that as well so as long as they are available then um, you get put through that through the um, NAOS's uh, budget and stuff like that so um you work your way through that and then at the end of the sort of four or five years um you can apply for being chartered and i think um i think the one thing from my point of view is um i think you just need to be disciplined enough to because everything's so busy uh, on mm-hmm. site and day to day and stuff like that you need to be disciplined enough to set your own time um aside to actually um allow you to move forward to your chartership application and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's something yeah. that's something that I kind of got a little bit bogged down in, whereas I was getting more involved in the day-to-day because I, I really enjoy it and stuff like that. I don't want to sort of miss out. Um, yeah. But looking back, I'd probably wish that I had sort of um, kept maybe an hour, an hour or two a week in the afternoon sort of free just to, just to keep going through it. Um, mm-hmm. Right from the start, cause it, would be, it would have been a lot easier um, doing mm-hmm. it that way. Jensen, which I mean, advice. you've been, yeah, been so honest. Yeah. That is yeah. really good advice because, mm-hmm. yeah, anyone, you know, who, again, listening, thinking of applying to us in the future, hopefully will remember that and think, yeah, I'll set that time aside so I don't miss out. So, yeah, yeah. well done. Uh, it's great. It's more than willing to allow that to happen as well. So yeah. um, all the management's already understanding and they're looking to get you towards that as well. So, um, yeah, there's no issues from that side of things. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thanks, Jensen. So, Yuri, I'm not going to uh, ignore you on this one, but I am a bit, not because of the lag, but just because I know you haven't been here very long. So I'm going to just kind of miss you out of this question for now, but I'm going to come to Sam, if it's okay. And and could you just tell us a bit about the rotational projects you've been involved in so far? And um, yeah, tell us a bit more about it. Sure. Um, So on the commercial scheme, it's five years. And the normal rotations are two years, then a rotation, another two years, mm. and then a final one year, which can either be kind of the role you take on full time into the job um, or in that year, I think, is a good stepping point to reach out to a network you developed and to to find something that really interests you. If you really love procurement, going back to the, the network you've built and saying, is there any projects going on or any procurement roles coming up in any of these businesses or can you help with the uh, sort of the mentors that you might have? Um, met along your your career progression through Ineos. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you frozen then. Sammy, no, um, was in Germany and that was global strategy. And, pardon? Um, oh, no, sorry, I thought you froze, but you were here. You're back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you froze briefly, but you're back, yeah. <laughs> My first role was in Germany uh, with our polystyrene business, Starolution, uh, and that was in global strategy and sustainability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after two years there, I moved to London for... Innovin, and that was product management. 
So one role was very much kind of longer term strategy based, yeah. um, a lot of market research and project management on some of our sustainability work going on uh, and help and work around our carbon footprinting and our uh, net zero roadmaps. Mm -hmm. And now my role is more commercial on the day to day basis yeah. um, and then certain strategic projects going on kind of in the background. But uh, it's a nice mix. And certainly when I spoke to HR on kind of what I've developed in my first rotation, they were very uh, willing to listen and say, OK, you've done a very strategic role here. And I said, I want something more commercial mm -hmm. kind of on the day to day running of the business. Yeah. Um, and they found a role that fitted very well uh, in London for me. That's amazing. Sam, I've got so many questions I want to ask you. So in terms of, um, you know, where you, where you want to go next, as you said, you've got that support there to make sure you are being varied. But could you, because Ineos do so many amazing things from, like, say, from the sports element right through to, um, you know, hand gels, you know, um, so and everything in between. Um, so where could you kind of see it going can you say right I really want to do something in the Formula One side or I really want to do something in a completely different area how open is it or do you need to stay within a certain group really I think in general maybe uh, Caroline's best to answer this but in general it tends to be uh, the core businesses the kind of petrochemical businesses that, that uh, the rotations go through as they have more traditionally taken the grads and have roles that fit very well for the graduates because yeah. there's that rotation of new graduates arriving um, and a, a first rotation graduate would fill that role really well and then you want to fill it with another new graduate and move mm -hmm. that first rotation graduate onto a, a bigger role as they've got more experience in the business but sure. that's not to say I mean in the future is yeah some of the new the new ventures expand and get bigger yeah um, mm. like in the automotive or or hygienics or something like that there might Absolutely. not be roles coming available. Well, that's that's what I've heard. I don't know if Caroline can confirm. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Sam. I think what we do tend to do, Jessica and Sophie, is really bring our graduates into the core of the business that mm -hmm. all of you know, our graduates on the call have done um, because we are looking for our leaders of the future as well and they need to really understand the business. Exactly as Sam said, you, you don't quite know what we're buying next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really often we get to know them you know automotive is an obvious one um it's a relatively new business so we tend to like the business to settle a little bit before putting a graduate there mm -hmm. um but who knows just who knows but i think yeah. that's the exciting part about any don't quite know where we're going now yeah, where you mm -hmm. could have and from the sounds of it as well listening to sam you know that it's a very two-way conversation so if a student came to you and said actually i see an opportunity for me to get x experience in one of the newer business areas that would be a conversation that would be had and nothing would be kind of discounted really would it caroline from the, from the sounds of things yeah absolutely you know and as sam said he did his first rotation identified it was more strategic wanted an operational role so we're very mindful from a hr perspective of what we believe is the right career path to get our graduates to get great exposure but they're yeah. in the business so yeah it, it, yeah it is very two way clearly as I said earlier, we do put our graduates in proper jobs from day one, so we don't mm -hmm. imagine jobs out of nowhere. Exactly. Be there as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you. Sam, and then one more question I've got for you. So it seems as though there's, you know, you've had quite a variation of kind of projects that you've been working on so far. Have you been quite nervous going into the next project? It seems as though there's a lot of responsibility as, as we've kind of touched upon, you know, there's quite a bit of pressure from the responsibility. Have you kind of gone into it and thinking, oh gosh, I'm a bit nervous, how am I going to do it? And then kind of look back and think, oh, I can do it. And, you know, have you got any kind of stories like that? Yeah, I think um, certainly taking on those first projects is a bit nerve wracking. But there's certainly the support in place. Um, I've had very supportive, good bosses. I've yeah. had some very good mentors um, who have been very kind of up to date on understanding the structures of the company and who's best to get input from on certain things. If you're looking to to get input from someone in a certain department, who should I speak to? Who's going to be the person who could push that from this side? Uh, so a lot of really helpful feedback from those uh superiors or your mentors uh, and then at the same time there's lots of training in place as well every year there's a certain number of trainings they want us to tick off a little bit of a disruption during covid because couldn't do any of them in person mm -hmm. um, and some of them moved online uh, but certain certain trainings like presentation skills time management um, project management all those sort of things are available 
and mm-hmm. can certainly help. And if you feel that you're lacking some of those skills, um, bosses are normally very, very um, okay with you kind of taking the time to go and take that training if you can find something available and they mm-hmm. understand about the development of the graduate scheme. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really interesting point, Sam. Some of those courses that you just kind of touched upon, you know, they're not necessarily a, this is how you do your job day to day, but they have those kind of skills that actually, you know, working in this sort of environment, you very much need to have time management, project management, these types of things that, you know, they're skills that you probably wouldn't have picked up necessarily, you know, obviously elements of it during your university career. But actually, when you join a business, those are the, those kind of soft skills and, and competencies are quite are more difficult to master sometimes, aren't they, than the technical elements? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, there's a good aspect of kind of once you've done the work, um, the feedback from the bosses I've had has been positive. We sat down and sort of said, oh, how did you think that project went? What could have been improved? Where can you develop? Where do you need a bit more training? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very invested in your development and are more than willing to help. Brilliant. Sorry, Jess, off you go. No, it's okay. <laughs> are we okay for time? Um, do you want to jump to... No, yes. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, let's have uh, be great to hear a bit more about Camilla and Jensen's journey as well. Brilliant. So, Camilla, same kind of question. If you could tell us a bit about kind of the projects and the rotations that you've had and been kind of experiencing so far. Yeah, no problem. So, I, as I said, I joined in 2018 uh, for a commodities business in Germany, which is Ineos Fenol. So, the business was quite uh, small in terms of people, but very large. Um, volumes and uh, only three products so really not that complex from a from a product structure that was a great point to start i started in a very operational um role in um, customer service logistics for first part and then um raw material procurement where i worked as a as a barge operator so every parts and bits of bringing the material to the site producing and then afterwards selling to the customers um more on the operational level but also Mm -hmm logistics projects, especially in digitalization, using uh, modern technology to improve our efficiency. For example, we equipped all our um, rail cars with GPS and temperature tracker to be more energy efficient and also have a higher customer service. Uh, At the end, also because the products that we were handling were highly poisonous. So you actually want to know where your rail cars are and not having them stuck somewhere in a... The station or something because it does happen that you actually lose right because you wouldn't believe it but it does mm-hmm. um yeah so that was for me quite a, com- um, a comfortable uh, environment because it was in germany me being german uh, mm-hmm. so that was an easy start mm-hmm. uh, then in 2020 i moved to the south of france to la vera which is uh, 40 kilometers uh, west to marseille Mm-hmm. It's one of our largest production sites, also with a refinery and a cracker. And I joined the olefins and polymers business of South Europe um, and worked for the polymers business. So much more specialties. Uh, we have polymers, of obviously plastic pallets um, that we delivered to lots of converters and um, yeah, worked a lot with brand owners. So much more down the stream, much more consumer oriented, mm-hmm. lots of sustainability projects of course because plastic is the the mean guy and we talk about recycling uh, a lot um circular economy everything that is product design for example i don't know if you've seen um coca-cola is currently advertising that they um uh keep their lids or the caps to the bottles actually attached so maybe some of you have even already bought bottles where the caps okay. is and that is actually one of the developments where Ineos is very uh, advanced in providing polymer grades that have the capability to produce these kind of lids. Um, okay. This is actually a European di- um, uh, directive coming uh, into action in 2024 that to all bottles, the lids need to stay attached because 25% of the marine litter are actually bottle caps or tetra packs. That's a really good point. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so all these kind of uh, topics, um, trying to develop more sustainable plastics. Um, and yeah, it was rather a business development role that I had within the team um, doing business analytics, but also following up lots of sustainability projects. Right. And now since three weeks, I'm in London uh, <laughs> energy trading. So I've seen three different, uh, very different businesses and also very mm-hmm. different roles. And uh, yeah gradually ramping up responsibilities and exposure. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Camilla, if you don't mind asking, in terms of, you know, you said the, the, the locations that you've been in so far, and, you know, I always say, we always say to students, don't we, surf, that, you know, please mm. do reflect on location if you can. You know, the more open you are, the more opportunity that you're going to come across. So, yeah. how has that been for you, you know, in terms of, you know, relocated, you know, a couple of weeks in London now? How are you finding it? And, you know, what's, again, the support that you get from NES when, when you do relocate? Yeah, I mean, it's not always easy, especially when you're uh, in your working life, because I, I also moved around a lot as a student doing uh, Erasmus and these kind of things. Yeah. And you're always in a group of self, uh, or same-minded people. So it's much easier to, um, to meet people when you move during your university studies than it is when you do as yeah. a, in your young professional life, because you don't find as many people in the same situation. Yeah. But I think, um, well, in the context of INEAS, it's great because you usually uh, have uh, other graduates at the sites where you move. You have the person you replace, the person that is replacing you coming in. Um, lots of, um, yeah, the, the people are used to having people move around. So you're uh, very well welcomed. Everyone is very helpful also to master the administrative task because it is, uh, I think you need a study on its own to to understand administrative systems in different countries. I mean, now I needed a visa to come to the UK before yeah. you wouldn't yeah. imagine that moving from France, uh, from Germany to France was uh, even more complicated than moving from France to, wow. to the UK. Um, so it's not always easy and it's a lot of things to work uh, for and uh, around, but uh, HR has always been very supportive, very quick, quick um, reactive on all the uh, issues we are facing because obviously every graduate's journey is very uh, unique. And uh, But then on the other hand, you always have kind of the same problems as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, the community of grads and HR is very great um, that's yeah. good it's positive yeah. and then obviously we also get lots of support on the actual physical move uh yeah. to, to to arrive in a country find a place move uh, furniture or just luggage uh, around and um, yeah mm -hmm. brilliant Thank you, Camilla. I think um, it's another one of those things that, again, is is really quite unique to the INEOS graduate scheme is the amount that you get, not, not to just move around the business, obviously, a, a lot of graduate schemes are rotational, you get to experience different areas, but actually being able to move around Europe and experience, you know, different locations and, and different countries is, you know, it's a really great experience. And like you said, just some of the things that you've mentioned there, Camilla, about you know, some of the challenges that you kind of come across outside of work but by moving and relocating is also really character building and gives you some great yeah. life experience. So um, that's brilliant. Um, Jensen, we're going to come back to you in a minute to find out a little bit more about, uh, you know, one of the key parts of the INEOS graduate scheme that I'm really excited to hear about in a bit more detail. Um, but Yuri, I just want to come back to you. Um, I'm going to ask the question because obviously we're worried about the lag. Um, I think the <laughs> Oh, you fixed the light. Well done, you. Um, so, yeah, because obviously we've heard about everyone's journey so far and you're on the other side of the coin here. So you've just started. Yeah. You've been there six weeks. Um, what's your what's the rest of the graduate scheme looking like for you? You know, have you got any particular areas that you want to move to next or or what are you thinking about your journey? Well, at the moment, I'm just like trying to understand what I'm supposed to do my job. <laughs> <laughs> trying to comprehend that because it's quite complicated. Um, <laughs> I think in about two years, I will go on the next rotation. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure where. I, mm -hmm. I would have a preference for Cologne, mm -hmm. for example, for Germany, because I speak I speak some German. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be easier to move to. Yeah. So, but other than that, um, there isn't really a specific country or group I want to move to. I'm, I joined this because I was just looking like to be flexible, basically. Yeah. And I think that's a great attitude to have. And, you know, it's obviously something that INEOS really value in, in people that join their graduate schemes, you know, the, the flexibility about where you want to go. And I suppose the great thing as well, and, you know, what we heard from Sam and Caroline is that as you move through this particular rotation, you know, you might have lots of different thoughts come in and then in two years time, you might be thinking of something completely different, but that's a conversation that you can have, can't you? And, and, and decide where you want to go after that point. So yeah, I know you're very, very fresh, so I'm probably asking you questions that you can't really answer yet, but it's great to, you know, to hear you, um, to have you on the webinar, because I know we're going to come back and talk a bit more about sort of hints and tips, which I think will be really valuable from someone so fresh to it. Um, but now I'm going to jump over to you, Jensen, because we're going to talk about the Namibian challenge, which is one of those things that 
completely unique. So can you just tell us what is the Namibian challenge and, you know, when, when and why do you get involved in it? Yeah, so um, I was there in April this year. Um, so we were away for uh, five, five days um, to run, cycle and hike across Namibia. Um, so that was including two half marathons, a full marathon, hiking up the biggest mountain in Namibia and cycling over 250 kilometres. Um, wow. Supposed to be part of the third year graduate um, sort of programme. Um, however, it was delayed uh, through COVID and things like that as well. So yeah. that also added um, another sort of challenge as well to sort of keep yourself mm-hmm. motivated through that. But um, the support that was on hand um, and the team that was set up and stuff like that was absolutely superb. So um, that that definitely helped. But um, mm-hmm. in the year sort of leading up to the, to the challenge, um, we were taken across to Lanzarote mm-hmm. um, for some um, better weather, basically. Rather than that, <laughs> Scotland, to, train, to train and get used to the, um, to the elements that would um, be comparable um, mm. in the Mibia as such. So... Um, first class again sort of um set up and stuff like that and the support and meeting that was the first time uh, we were actually meeting all the other grads that were mm-hmm. that were going to be doing um Namibia challenge with us so that actually helped to sort of ease the nerves as well because you knew you weren't mm-hmm. just doing it alone rather than um all of the sort of virtual events that had been uh, forced upon us through COVID mm-hmm. um then uh, later on um a few months before traveling across to um, Namibia, we were actually taken across to Paris to run mm-hmm. the Paris Marathon um, oh, wow. again. So that was um, absolutely amazing. Um, and again, the first time sort of um, being part of a um, sort of professional sort of event as such. Um, so it was amazing just to see the difference that that actually done in your capabilities and um, the adrenaline and stuff like that that mm. um, was going um, so once you'd done that, that was us all set to go. Um, and it was basically one of the best things and also one of the worst things that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> oh, uh, at the same time. So uh, I think we'd said that it was great just being being there with, um, obviously, close, close friends uh, that I work with here in Grangemouth, but also mm-hmm. um, people that then became close friends uh, mm-hmm. after the week that we had together and, and sharing mm-hmm. memories and stuff like that that we'll probably never ever forget and yeah. some of the nicest sort of um, landscape that we've ever seen, stars, like sunsets and, uh, and stuff like that and it was just tremendous. Um, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of pain uh, and a lot of pain <laughs> like that, so. um, but mm-hmm. it was more, more again um, just to prove sort of mentally um, that you can sort of do anything that you, that you want as long as you, mm. you put your mind to it. So um, it was amazing. Aye, it was one of the best things we'll ever, ever do. And then uh, rewarded in the end uh, after completing it with a two-day sort of safari um, oh. and, and a good a good celebration as well. So um, no, it was brilliant. Absolutely amazing. And would recommend anybody who um, is successful on the, the graduate programme to definitely do it because you'll, you'll regret it if you don't. Brilliant. Thank you, Jensen. I mean, it is, it's one of those things that when you hear about it, and there's an incredible video on the Gradcraft Company Hub about the Namibian Challenge as well, which, you know, make sure you go and check out after the webinar to find out even more about it. But the experience itself and all completely funded by INEOS, um, they give you such a great preparation that you've touched upon a, a couple of things there, Jensen. But Sam, you are going to be doing the Namibian Challenge next year. So um, tell, can you tell us a little bit more about the build up to the challenge and, and the sort of training that you go through um, to prepare to go out? Sure. So, yeah, about a year ahead of time on our year three graduate event, they bring us all together from the US, from Europe, and all the grads kind of meet each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great opportunity to kind of kick that event off. So I had a whole introduction to it. Um, and also during that week, had a kind of a health checkup um, where if you wanted to, you could get blood tests done um, mm-hmm. and see your overall health, um, which I found very interesting. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everyone in the UK is um, vitamin D deficient. <laughs> not enough sun around. Um, but yeah, that, that was really interesting. And mm-hmm. you wouldn't get that um, just in your normal everyday life. Uh, and then from there, loads of support on kind of milestones to reach. So we had the Antwerp half marathon a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then in March, I believe, we have the Barcelona Marathon, mm-hmm. uh, and in December we have this Lanzarote trip. Um, and Fantastic. At that time, there's lots of support from the sports department. Um, if you're struggling on ideas for training or need a plan or anything like that, there's always, mm-hmm. always the resources in place, as well as the, the graduates have already done it. You can speak to, uh, and they're very, very encouraging, um, and have set up kind of running clubs to get us out weekly. We have to do Fantastic. our own training on top, but. Mm-hmm. to keep us motivated um, big group runs from the office and that sort of thing so uh, brilliant if you wasn't a runner so say for example you haven't run you want to do it you know you, you're all up for it but does it do you have to be kind of generally quite fit already enthusiastic about running and everything else or can you no 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 i think uh, i think anyone can do it really uh, you have plenty of time to train for it you know it's coming um yeah. kind of three and a half four years ahead of time so yeah. if it's something you're really set at I think that's part of the idea behind it as well. If, if you want to do something, as long as you take it in little steps, you build up to it, um, anyone mm-hmm. can do it. And always the team behind it are very vocal on that. There's uh, mm. physio and doctor support. And unless you've got some very worrying health condition, mm-hmm. their belief is that they can support you. And if you take it slowly and build up slowly over time, there's no reason that everyone on the graduate scheme couldn't do it. And it sounds- I think, yeah. Like it's definitely worth it and i think it's it's one of those things it's it's the mentality of ineos this isn't it it's you know it's all about you know you can achieve anything that you you put kind of put your mind to whether it's a graduate or as a business and i think that really does come across um as, as part of the challenge and you know it's something that you know probably a lot of people watching will be thinking oh i don't think i could ever do that but you know the, the amount of support that you get through the business and the experience that you get through it just sounds like an amazing opportunity um so, like I said, make sure you head um, to the Gradcracker Company Hub after the um, after the webinar to find out even more about about the challenge and, and the sort of things that you do as part of it. Um, before we kind of move on to just kind of finishing off the webinar with recruitment tips and stuff like that, I just want to kind of touch upon one of the things that I know is also really, really key to INEOS. Um, um, obviously, working in the industry that INEOS does, um, sustainability is incredibly important. Um, so could you quickly, Sam, give us you know kind of an overview of some of the key initiatives that you have in this area? So sustainability is different across all the businesses, mm-hmm. um, but every single business has its net zero roadmap mm-hmm. so that's how we're going to reach net zero by 2050 uh, depending on the businesses it's all all very different um but an incredibly interesting time for the industry huge amounts of green electricity are going to be needed as we green all of our assets mm-hmm. um hydrogen rather than burning uh, gas in our in our furnaces is another big step that lots of our processes are taking there needs to be massive expansions in in hydrogen production which uh, in a bin are very closely linked to, as that's one of the businesses that produces a lot of hydrogen or, already. Um, and then there's loads of work going on in other areas around making our products more sustainable. So either bio-attributed products and the marketing and scaling of those or our recycling mm-hmm. work. And um, so one of my previous roles back in Germany was project managing a chemical recycling project, which was sponsored by the EU. Um, and working to just prove the concept that we could take um, old plastic that's already been used, move it back into the system, use this chemical recycling process, and then build the same material again from the, the chemical building blocks yeah. um, and put value back into the supply chain. Um, and it's scary the amount of waste that is wasted each year and the amount mm-hmm. of value that could be caught from that if we put better collection and um, sorting in place to try and capture the, uh, the valuable feedstocks. Brilliant. Thank you, Sam. Um, I mean, we could talk about sustainability all day and the amazing things that INEOS do. Um, but like I said, and again, on the Gradcracker Company Hub, we have a really comprehensive area about um, all of the initiatives that INEOS are involved in to make sure the business is as sustainable as possible. Um, but just to kind of come back to you, Caroline, to find out more about, you know, we've heard about some of the amazing things that graduates can get involved in as, as part of the graduate schemes now. But can we kind of go right back to the beginning and find out, you know, what is the recruitment process? And I know one of the things that INEOS are really proud of and is, is a really positive part is, is how personal your approach is to recruitment as well. Yes. Sophie, of course, uh, that is the feedback we do get. And I know Yuri is going to talk through firsthand in terms of his experience. Mm-hmm. I think from my perspective, I'll talk through the application process. But mm-hmm. beforehand, some general advice, I'd say um, 
to anyone thinking about applying for a graduate programme, just be really, really clear on what you're applying for and why. And I think the only way you're going to really get to the bottom of that is doing your research, speaking to companies. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a huge decision as you come to the end of university and it's your first proper job outside. I think just be super, super clear on why you're looking to apply for particular roles. Mm -hmm. And second advice, I would say research the company and any opportunities. These webinars are fantastic to hear from mm -hmm. you know, lots of different people within the organisation. But as you go through the process, what we do um, is you'll speak to everyone from someone in the HR team, um, you'll meet through dinners um, at assessment centres, some of the current graduates, all the way through to our board members who will sign up on your recruitment as well. So I think getting the opportunity to speak to as many people across the business would be my second piece of, of general advice for everyone. In terms of our process, um, we tend to move fairly quickly, I would say, Sophie, in mm -hmm. terms of application to offer. So we're now in October. The commercial scheme is live on the website at the moment on the Grad Cracker website. Um, and we're reviewing applications and at the first stage of initial telephone interviews, essentially, or mm -hmm. Teams interviews in this new world we're in now. Um, we just kind of skipping forward. We look to make offers by December. So we do mm -hmm. move quite quickly. Um, so after the initial teams interview, we do what we call pre-screen questions, um, pre-screening questions. And from that, we are asking you to explain what you know about INEOS um, and why you're applying for the role. Um, and a couple of other questions, I won't give them away because I'll be told off. <laughs> just try to understand, you know, what is your interest in applying for us? What we don't like is spelling mistakes. Uh, we mm -hmm. talk about Rio a lot at INEOS. Um, so, you know, really spend the time don't just scattergun applicant application sorry because we will be able to spot that um yeah. yeah spelling mistakes are for me personally um i'm not a fan of so just take the time um yeah and free. um so then after that um we would invite you if you're successful to an assessment center and that is very varied so a hr interview so competency-based questions generally sophie we have commercial um questions this is about the commercial program now so um, two commercial interviews generally, you will have prepared a presentation for us and you'll deliver that as part of the, this stage um, and you'll do a group exercise as well. So quite an intense assessment centre. Mm -hmm. Then for candidates that we are very, very keen on um, who have kind of got through to what we would call the final stage interview that will be either in London or Switzerland and that would be interviews with board members. So as I said, you know, we do... Um, we are kind of very invested in our graduates um, mm -hmm. and across this is the board members would meet you um, from a dinner the night before all the way through to the final interview stage um, so that is the process um, we don't like pre we don't like um, pre-recorded videos we want to find out about you who you are why you're applying to us so it's all about the person and the potential really from our side so we have mm -hmm as the graduates are taught through various corporate events like year one, year three. And we develop you as a person in INEOS from a leadership perspective and a soft skills perspective. So we are looking for you and we really want to get to know you through the process. Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason why people do find it so personal because it's all about who you are and you know, are you a good match for INEOS as well? It's brilliant. That's brilliant, Carolyn. It's not, you really do invest a lot of time, not just from HR's point of view, but like all the different elements and different people that and get involved in the recruitment process. Um, you know, it really does just come across that you how much you value that the, the graduates that come into the business um, from from the minute they kind of almost step through the door for that first interview and then all the way, as we've heard. Um, throughout the graduate scheme. So um, thank you so much for that kind of oversight um, of the of the scheme of the recruitment process itself. Um, Yuri, I'm going to pop back to you just to kind of, because obviously I you've re really, re really recently come through yeah, the come recruitment through process. The um, so can you give us some words of wisdom to our audience? All right, some words of, I'm not sure how much I can tell. So <laughs> if I tell too much, just cut me off. Um, I mean, the first tip I would give, you you talk to quite a lot of high level uh, people, uh, but they're, really friendly and they just really want to get to know you so just be relaxed be yourself uh secondly there are no wrong answers necessarily as long as you can back it up um and don't be too headstrong in your arguments if someone else then proposes a new argument 
say that that's a good argument and that changed your mind, for example. Uh, if you're applying for the commercial scheme, it might be useful to get a bit of basic information regarding uh, commercial uh, concepts. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking EBITDA, cash flows, uh, financial statements, that kind of stuff. Just a basic understanding. But there will be some kind of questions on it, of course. And lastly, I would say there might be an exercise where you have to, under quite some time pressure, you have to prepare something. Don't read the whole text. Read the questions first. <laughs> and then scan for it, scan for the answers. Okay, I feel like we've got a bit of an insider. Yeah, well, that's that. <laughs> Caroline's thinking, was he allowed to say that? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no, but that's great. Thank you, Yuri. That's a really nice little concise um, bit of guidance to, to finish off there. Um, so thank you so much for that. Going to really quickly finish with a, a couple of quick fire rounds and um, just asking a okay. couple of quick questions. Jess, off, over to you for the for our quick fire rounds. Good. I'm so glad I said this because I was like, oh, I just want to at least get some of them in because they're so <laughs> Okay, so we'll go straight into uh, the fun fact. So mm -hmm. if everyone could tell us a fun fact about Ineos and Yuri, I'll come to you first. All right. So um, the idea of the... Grenadier, the car, was born in a pub in London. And I think one or two weeks ago, Ineos has bought that pub now. So it's part of Ineos. So oh, if you really want to support Ineos, you can go to London and get a pint there. <laughs> that's fantastic. I absolutely love that. <laughs> and Caroline, because that was the I that's where they came up with the idea, wasn't it? The yeah, exactly. So the concept of the Grenadier car um, was was formed over a pint in the Grenadier pub just around the corner from our office here in Knightsbridge. And now we've got the Ineos Grenadier cycling team as well. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah very exciting for his first car rolled off the production line this week. Sorry, Caroline, so is the pub called the Grenadier then? Yes, yeah. So the pub's always been called the Grenadier. Yes, quiet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> And do you know, I, I think that is just how fun it proves, you know, the, 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 everything we discussed about Ineos, I think that just kind of sums it up. <laughs> you think, oh yeah, why not? <laughs> that open, that creative, I just think it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> next, Sam, I'll come to you, uh, fun fact, if that's okay. Uh, Innovin, the company I work at, their site in Runcorn at any one time consumes about 1% of the UK's power. There you are, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Wow. just tells you how big it is calls. doesn't it yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think in the past mm -hmm. we used to get phone calls from uh the government saying we're gonna have to slow you down or you're gonna have to consume more energy because of uh su supply yeah. demand it's quite interesting and <laughs> wow. um, camilla i'll come to you fun fact please yeah, uh, I think one interesting fact is that uh, all our sites or op uh, offices have a, or an own gym or access to a gym very nearby and it's uh, free for us to go. It's very mm -hmm. encouraged to do exercise during lunch break, after work, before work, whenever you want, um, mm -hmm. because our owner or our group of owners and the philosophy believe that you're much more productive uh, when you're healthy and fit. And I think, I mean, I've just moved here and used the gym quite a lot already um, mm -hmm. and it's great because everyone is just running around in their sports gear uh, <laughs> and you meet board members in the spinning class or talk to your HR responsible during a Pilates class and uh, <laughs> great for Namibia preparation as yeah. well yeah. because help you get ready. Perfect, well done Camilla. And Jensen, come to you. Yeah, um, I'd probably say uh, so anyone else can interest um, target and net zero by 2045 um, and they've already reduced uh, their net CO2 emissions by 37% um, from acquiring the site back in 2005. Very impressed. Fantastic. Going in the right direction which is good mm -hmm. um, and then Caroline last but not least if you could tell us your fun fact. Yeah, of course. Um, Ineos as well um, as a number of different charitable interests. Um, we also have, um, we're the sole funders for a charity called The Daily Mile. Um, mm -hmm. And it's all about getting children um, globally into running 15 minutes a day, essentially. So um, global initiative, we've got a team based here in London. Um, and yeah, we're kind of grassroots charity, for all focused on fitness. It's good. That mindset, you know, that <laughs> lifestyle, you know, all kind of comes together to ultimately yeah. get you know you guys as the best as you can be. And I just think it's wonderful. So well done. It's exciting. Yeah. 
thank you so much um, for giving us such a brilliant insight today into what to what life is like in EOS. I feel like we've only just scratched the surface, though. Yeah. Um, there's so many different areas that obviously graduates can get involved in. But it's been really great hearing all of your journeys, um, obviously all of which have been really quite different. Um, so hopefully that will give our audience a good insight to the possibilities at EOS. Um, so the recording of this webinar will be available for you to watch um, tomorrow on the INEOS Company Hub and on the Gradcracker Career Centre. And then what we'll also do is break this up into kind of key highlights um, on different topics um, for everybody to watch as well. Um, remember, our employers love it when you tell them that you've watched one of these webinars, as they know that means that you've had a really good understanding of their company and it shows you have a real interest in working for them. And I know Caroline touched upon that just a few minutes ago as well. So make sure following the webinar, you go and get your applications in for INEOS. Like I said, the commercial graduate scheme is live right now with the engineering schemes going live in the next week. Um, so let them know you are here when you put those applications in. So next week, Carla and Jessica will be joined by Centrica. So make sure you register your interest on Gradcracker for this on the Gradcracker Career Centre. Um, thank you once again to INEOS for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks, bye everyone. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.